0: hello and welcome to episode 43 of the paul and norton podcast now today i am joined by ashleen fox who is the owner of aok nutrition now ashleen specializes in female hormones in herbal medicines and they're really focused on getting the root cause of issues This was a fantastic, fantastic podcast and I followed AOK Nutrition for a long time now and the stuff they do, the people they help is absolutely amazing. This was a very great podcast for me, just I learned so much information and also I know it's going to add so much value to you. So as always, please, if you can, share this onto your stories, tag your friends because the more people can see these podcasts it means we can help more people and impact more lives hope you really enjoy this podcast take care thanks for coming on like this it's amazing to have you on board and um, but thank I,
1: you so much for having me delighted all the way chatting to you from australia i'm in, I'm in ireland <laughs> long, long way
0: away but i suppose i yeah. um, rather me and um, introduce new stuff would be great if you could introduce yourself and like who you are and what you do
1: yeah, so my name is Ashling O'Kelly, well actually I keep saying that, my name's actually Ashley Fox now, I got married a couple of weeks ago, I'm still getting used to it, um, but my business is called AOK Nutrition and what I do in the clinic is it's a real kind of holistic approach to healing, we use things like supplements, we obviously use nutrition, we use herbal medicine, we use probiotics, we use stress management tips and our main goal in the clinic is always to try to get the root of people's problems um i've been in business about God, i keep saying seven years because i think this year's is when i started was actually probably nearly eight years now um and in the last couple of years if you follow my page and if you look at my instagram it's very much focused on female hormones and i guess i just kind of fell into it like over the last couple of years because it's such a huge area that needs attention and people need advice on so that's me in a nutshell <laughs>
0: That's so true. I think, like, because just, when you say holistic approach, like, what do you mean by holistic approach if some people don't know what it means?
1: Yeah, so, like, we look at the whole body. Like, if you go into your GP and you're suffering with bloating, they'll give you something for the bloating, mm-hmm. But... For us, though, it's saying, okay, you're bloated. Is that because you're stressed? Is that because of food intolerance? Is that because poor gut health, like you don't have enough digestive enzymes? Is that due to the contraceptive pill that you're on? Um, And we look at every single aspect that affects your body. And then other things as well, like people don't realize or people don't stop to think that like your body is connected. So let's say that same person is also getting really anxious during the day with the bloating you know we would try help them understand that like you know stress anxiety is a symptom of like ibs and digestive issues so it's kind of just looking at the whole person not kind of just looking at symptoms as individual you kind of look at you know they treat the whole person not the symptoms as
0: suppose well as what does is, what is food so if we look at like nutrition how is like how is that connected to nutrition like what you do and stuff like anxiety and all that kind of stuff go ahead
1: about oh a huge amount. I mean, you know, you don't have to be a nutritionist to understand the impact that food has on your body. Like if you have a weekend of eating crap and drinking and being hung over a Sunday and getting a chipper and waking up on the Monday, everyone feels rubbish on the Monday, you know, that way. And I think anyone out there, especially if they're kind of following your page as well, maybe into health and fitness, and everyone has tried, even if it was just a diet for six weeks. People did it and they said, Oh my God, I felt amazing. Now, it might not have been sustainable for them at the time, mm-hmm. but I think everyone has gotten that taste of, well nutrition actually does make a difference. And of course it does. Like our body is made of vitamins and minerals. That's what we are. So we have to get that from somewhere because there's certain ones that we can't make ourselves. So where else? Like, where else are you meant to get them? And, and we get them from our food. Um, so that's what I would look at. Like, you know, for anxiety, for example, anxiety often depletes your B vitamins. So, you know, having things like your fruit and your veg and your whole grains will help those symptoms without people even realizing it. So that's what I kind of try and educate people as well. They understand why they're eating certain foods instead of me just telling them to do it. I think that's really important.
0: Yeah, that's so good. I, th- I have the same view is that when I tell people like I tell my clients, and even on my Instagram, like your body's like a car, like if you put... Like you know, petrol and these the car is going to splutter. If you put, if you don't service your car and go put good oil in your car, it's not going to run right. So I just think, like even like nowadays, it sounds really simple. I just feel like that there's probably when I was in school there was no education around like any of that stuff like for nutrition. It was just nothing. And, like, I remember, like, us going, you know, in the cafeteria back home, like, and, you know, you're getting chips and you're getting sausages and batter sausages, like, for fuel. And then you're expected then to try study for the rest of the day when you have them foods. And it's only like now that I do what I do that, I'm, I understand, like, that, you know, food is fuel. And, like, the, be- the better you fit food is in your body, the more your body's going to run right, isn't it? it's crazy
1: yeah 100 i always say there's there's food that's good for the body and then this food is good for the soul <laughs> so your food is good for the body is what we know your fruit your veg your omega-3s like all those kind of the healthy food that maybe isn't as sexy and as tasty as the those food that's good for your soul. But I mean, like when I have my clients, I'm like, have your wine on Saturday, get your takeaway on the Friday, enjoy your coffee in the morning, have your cup of tea and a biscuit after your dinner. Like, you know, it's it's I think our generation as well, we kind of put labels on food. It's really like good and bad, which I advocate yeah. I'm sure it's about the clients all the time. So that's another thing I try and teach clients is it's like you can, you're, you should be having the kind of the, the soul food as well as kind of the, the one for your body. It's a combination of both, where some people kind of just fall into the category of like all or nothing approach, which is detrimental in itself as well.
0: Oh, yeah, it's so true. One, one thing I've noticed that even like one thing I know is my clients, I could have like five actually. Last week is a good example, I had five clients, and there's five of them all sick. And there was three of them that were kind of really sick. And there was two of them that, you know, were, were pretty good. And the three people that were really sick were, you know, they're a little bit overweight. But that doesn't make any difference. But their, their diet isn't really good. Like they're just, they won't have any greens. They won't have any like proper foods. They're really big and processed food. And just eating all the, the, the not so good like soul foods, I'll say. The other two then clients who are pretty good or they get lots of fruit and veg or active they were fine, like hunky dory. So there's such a big link. I like, can like a lot of people will when like my dad's a good example. My dad is such a good example. Like he he's fifty, maybe fifty eight. He's kind of overweight. Never in the gym before. His food is absolutely shocking. And every day he complains about his health. He, he's in the doctor like probably every two weeks. He's been in the hospital recently for his liver, and it's all down to his diets There's no like there's no way around it. So I guess like a lot of people don't understand that sometimes eating like greens and and stuff isn't sexy and it can be boring but like if you look and that's what keeps your body like healthy and i am a big believer that if you like if you have all the right foods in your body the greens and vegetables like soul food you're active like your body has the best defense system once you can like keep it in track isn't it keep it in order
1: yeah 100 and this is a topic that's kind of um it gets my nerves a little bit at the moment because we're two years now into the C word, <laughs> the mm. COVID pandemic, and like it, the money that's been spent on marketing for vaccines, which I'm all for. Like I'm not anti-vax in mm. any way, shape, or form. But I'm like, imagine even using five percent of that budget to market healthy eating and oh, yeah. support immune system. Like your that is your first line of defense is your actual own body's innate immune system. And imagine even having a really good immune system plus the vaccine. Like surely that is the the, you 100%. know what I mean the best reason so it's, it is frustrating but there's no there's more money in sick people than there is as well people you need to remember that as well and that's a real controversial thing to say no it is but yeah. from, from that perspective, because I, I struggled with this for so long when I was studying nutrition I was like how did everyone not know this why is why are people not shouting this from the rooftops why are we not told this like get letters in our door the way you're getting like you know I don't know the, the local newspaper you know this kind of stuff it's like it, it's just not known and you know there's so much money in processed foods and things like that as well oh, so it's yeah just, hopefully people listen to people like us and they'll just even take a little snippet of a few things that we say and, and can implement it into their life you know to make it healthier
0: you hope so yeah like I'm not again the very same as you I'm not, anti-vax, not anti not indeed like medication but like I try myself like to really to, if I can like go down like the most natural route like I try not take any painkillers I try not take any like flu tablets. I try my best to because if you can get the right foods, right vitamins, like, because you take like, you know, um, flu tablets or all that stuff, they're just vitamins that you get from like, you know, general food. So if you can get that from food instead, you're far more beneficial, but I just think like, it's, you know, as you said, there's so much money made off, like, you know, uni flu and all this kind of stuff. And like all they you know that the quick fix paracetamol stuff. But if you have your, your healthy nutrition, if you're meditation doing all that healthy stuff, like, that's far more spirit than, than going for a quick fix. Very same with quick diets. That's why there's so much yes. money in quick fix, bad diets.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. We always say okay. prevention is better than cure.
0: That's true, yeah. And I suppose in from all that, then how does that deal with you with hormones? So when you look at hormones, what's the biggest thing you deal with hormones of females?
1: Oh my God, the list length my arm. So we would see anything from women with irregular periods. Um heavy periods PMT like so from like a lot of symptoms around their their cycles Um, we deal with like fertility issues helping people get pregnant then I see things like PCOS which is polycystic ovarian syndrome I deal with clients with hypothalamic menorrhea which is like loss of period due to like low body weight so it's kind of quite linked to it like over exercise under eating that kind of thing we see clients for endometriosis so like anything we do a lot of hormone acne as well so I mean it's hugely broad and we see men as well it's funny that like my clients always just think it's women I don't really talk about it as much but like from a fertility perspective herbal medicine is amazing for things like poor sperm quality so, you know, we've had women come to us for fertility and they're perfect. And the, the women's women always put so much pressure on themselves. But mm. like it's 50 50 50 when you're getting pregnant, like the lads is doing half the work, do you know, that way. And here's the woman like doing this, like who knows what they're doing. Mad stuff to make sure they're really healthy. And the lads are in the pub five days a week. <laughs> <Do> you know, <laughs> so we do see men then as well for that, like herbs are brilliant for that. So it's really broad. And I think every single person like, you know, has their own their own issue like even isolated clients who are on contraceptives and they want to come off it or they're on it because they had like bad periods in the past and they're terrified to come off it and, and things like that so it's, it's hugely broad and yeah that's that's like my, my day-to-day basically
0: <laughs> the pill is probably quite kind of versatile and again i was talking to someone recently um and they were just kind of saying that you know just say whenever the pill was like 40, 50 years ago, like whenever when any young girl had any kind of issue, whether it's acne or skin issues or, you know, anxiety they were given the pill. And then like 50 years later, like there's never been such a high rate of like, you know, female hormone issues and PCOS. Like, would you say, would you think like that there is a correlation of like from that to now, like, you know, being given the pill, shutting off all your natural hormones to what we're kind of seeing now, because even like my client, I'm seeing so much people with like PCOS and so much hormonal like issues. Do you reckon... For me, like, I probably think that maybe there could be a link from shutting off hormones. What would be your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, no, definitely a link. It's not so much the pill causes these problems, but the problem is you go into the doctor and you're 15, you have irregular periods, right? And the doctor goes, Oh, I'll put you on the pill. That'll fix it. And I remember when I was younger, I was never, it was never explained to me. I went on the pill, I think, contraceptive when I was younger. And like, I wasn't told like this isn't a real period this is like I I didn't know how it works it's just like oh this is great so I'm on the pill brilliant Mm -hmm. I never like and maybe even people listening don't realize but the way the pill works is it completely switches off your hormones so you no longer make your female hormones and it's they don't they're not just there for ovulation that you don't just have hormones so you get a period your hormones are there for things like your energy and your mood and your sex drive and anti-anxiety natural painkillers help with your skin health help with your bone health like it's a huge massive part of being a female and the pill does switch that off so I think that's quite important to understand but go back to your question though so imagine you go in you're 15 you have a regular period you get put in the pill and I'm doing inverted commas here at my hand to regulate your cycle and these women then think oh I'm getting a bleed every single month the bleed that you see again it's not a real period it's just side effect of stopping the pill for a couple of days and your body will induce this fake bleed that's what it is so these women i have so many clients they think they were, they were like yeah i I actually had a regular period but the pill fixed it but the problem is they're coming off the pill then when they're 29 30 they want to start a family and their issue when they're 15 of having a regular period was never addressed so Mm -hmm. that's why you're seeing such a massive influx now of people kind of my age like i'm 31 now um because it just we we're the generation that's been on the pill for 10 15 years it's not so much our mom like we're kind of this weird I call us like the guinea pig generation because you know even like my mom is 60 like it was hush hush you couldn't even talk about sex back then like the Catholic Mm. church was roaming around (laughs) listening on conversations let alone contraceptives so it's real our generation is quite the guinea pig generation and there's there's like a category that these poor women fall into as well because some girls went on the pill at 18 for a contraceptive off at a 28 and they got pregnant straight away or their periods were no issue because they never had any issues to begin with mm. but it's the people who've been given the pill as a treatment hormonal acne is a massive one there as well like you know people go oh, i used to have acne but the pill fixed it and i'm literally cringe when i hear that i'm like oh my god they're gonna have to deal with that most of the time anyway when they come off the pill again so it's just you know the way it's given doctors should sit people down and go do you understand how this works number one it's gonna switch off mm. your hormones of potential side effects and number two it could be possible that you need to address this issue then in whenever you decide to come off the pill, and you know repeat after me do you understand what i've just told you that kind of thing that isn't told to to women especially when we're so young um so yeah to answer the question sorry about a bit of a, a ramble oh, it does one. Yes. but it, yes. it's
0: so true because like I, I i speak to females like i only work with females and speak to them every day and a lot of like females that i'd have like i'd always say you know go follow this page or go read a book with laura bryden and stuff like that like yeah. I, i'll never say to my used to this I always say you should read this and go here and find it that and then they could make their own judgment up but every client i've worked at like the ones that come off the pill like after you know four or five months they're just a different person like they're they just feel clear because they're in control so i suppose like what's the importance of having them hormones Like, what's the benefits of having them compared to shutting them off
1: oh, like just what you said there like about being in control and feeling completely different i have hundreds of messages from women if i went into my dms now being like thank you so much for encouraging me to come off the pill like i did a seminar this year and last year called breaking up birth control so two hours literally sit people down on zoom lovely little kind of girly even chatting through like what you need to do what you need to expect supplements you need to take just because i was seeing that over and over and over again so i was like right i'm going to create this seminar but again like the main thing i hear people say is i feel like a fog has been lifted because it's like as if when you're on the pill you have a steady so steady dose of the same artificial synthetic steroid drugs that's what they are every single day so you're just like flatlined, I kind of say. So, in relation to even sex drive, this is something that is a huge issue with girls in their 20s no sex drive. And I don't know if they're saying this to you as much as they kind of say it to me, you know, mm-hmm. with their PT being like, Yeah, my libido is gone. But, like, you know, are the start of your cycle. So, even for people who don't realize, let's say for argument's sake, you have a 28 day cycle. Okay, the first two weeks of that cycle is your hormone called estrogen that kicks in first. And I always say like your Eastern is your real like get up and go hormones. It's like your mood, your motivation, your drive, your energy, your sex drive. And even sex drive, I would say it's kind of your zest for life. It's not even like jumping on top of your other half. Like it's just your your passion. That's like your drive. Mm -hmm. If you're in the gym, you'll find you're even stronger around ovulation and that kind of first half of your cycle. So imagine again, let's go back to on the pill. You get none of that. You just have this flat line the whole time. So even from a libido perspective, like, the only thing you have if you're on the pill is your own kind of motivation. You don't have these extra hormones giving you that extra kick, you know, don't we? And mm-hmm. girls come to me and they're 27, I'm like, oh, I have no libido. And I'm like, you started having sex and went on the pill and you completely switched off your sex hormones. So what do you expect, do you know, it's mm-hmm. kind of an interesting one. And um, then go back to your hormones for sex. So first two weeks I said is estrogen, get up and go, feeling fabulous. Then you ovulate, okay, where the egg gets released from your ovaries. And, Then once you ovulate, you make a hormone called progesterone. And progesterone is a really calming hormone. So it's really good for mood, really good for anxiety. It's a natural painkiller. And this is another thing that women on the pill lack. So if you're someone, I see anxiety and the contraceptive pill very much linked in together. Because at least in the second half of your cycle for women not on the pill, you do get that kind of natural relaxing hormone where women on the pill never get that. They never get that natural tranquilizer. So it's like your body's always just again, just flatline and you're just the same the whole time. So I think it's so important to understand like, and I know it sounds really dramatic, but girls who are on the pill make the same hormones as like their grannies do mm. who were in their eighties. Is That's not right. Like that's not okay to put a 15 year old in a chemically induced menopause. That's what I would call it. Like it's, you know, that way it's, it's mad that that's the first protocol that, that we do. So, Again some people again I know I don't want to always fear monger people or kind of make sense dramatic or you know this kind of thing but some people get on the pill and they're absolutely fine they never notice any any difference but if you're someone listening it's been like oh my god that actually does sound like me I never realized I wasn't getting a real period maybe it actually hasn't been great and actually my sex drive is non-existent and like I definitely don't feel as happy as I did like definitely look at your contraceptive
0: it's just education like it, it's just it's just education around females it's just it's why i love what i do because i just think that there needs to be more people like you know ha, you know pushing the meshes forward because when we look at like for me like you know i help females generally li- like lose weight lose fat but just gain confidence understand their body more but when we look at like a lot of the fitness industry when the males and females are kind of treated the exact same and to me, like I, that's wrong, because as I said before, the call like that, if you give a male or female, you know, just say calories The males, all the male has to do is like just stick his calories the exact same week in, week out, go gym, lift weights. And he's fine. But for a female, like for you have to like if you have to change your calories because, you know, like on your luteal phase, your metabolic rate rises, your glucose levels drop and you have to be able to adapt to that. And it comes back down, even like when a female is like breastfeeding, like, you know, when a feel I've got a client at the moment who's just given birth. And like, she knows for me like that, when you're breastfeeding, your body probably needs maybe three to 500 calories more to produce breast milk. But like, she never got told that from her doctors whatsoever, you know? And, and I feel that there's a massive link between when females, like when they give birth, like when they're so sluggish, so tired, like everything is just a massive fog. It's because like they're under and um, nourished are not getting enough nutrients for what they need. And again, there's, there's no one like out there trying to push this for, I think it's, it's crazy. It just baffles me to be fair
1: no yeah i think you've been australia australia is miles ahead of ireland definitely so hopefully in years to come we'll be somewhere we were like when i was training i had a nutritionist who's from australia and she used to work in a gp's clinic and um, what would happen is they go into the gp you get your prescription of whatever medication they're putting you on let's say it was a pill for example and then you go into the nutritionist and they say okay now that you're on this pill you need to make sure you're eating these foods and take these supplements because the pill is going to reduce you know these to you know this kind of thing I'm like, that makes so much sense. Like, surely that is just the most, you know, <laughs> or even things like cholesterol. Like, I have my dad on certain medication because he's on cholesterol. And um, that this nutritionist that my, when I trained years ago, told me about, um which is coenzyme Q10, just for anyone listening. So, if you've any parents on cholesterol, on statins, they need to be on coenzyme Q10. Um, but like, you know, and it's an energy carrier. So you'll find a lot of your parents, if you're listening to this, like they're always really tired. They're sluggish. They're not as new for exercise and stuff like that. And it's because this energy carrier is blocked. But I'm like, again, like that makes so much sense. Have violence on statins. Like tell them, you know, you're on your drug. Take this supplement to go along with it. It's just, it's so frustrating. And it's just, it's 2021. How is this not more integ- integrated medicine is what we need? It's still us and them. But like, I'm screaming up and being like, I I want to, like, I respect doctors i respect the medical industry so much like it's like i'm not against medicine i'm like let's work together to help people that's what you know we're both in the same industry because we want to help people it's just that we need to use each other better i think
0: 100 like i find that as well like i've got two clients here in sydney running like 17 and they're already in like great you know they're already in great shape everything's good but just want to learn more whereas back home in ireland like when we were 17 we were probably you know getting hammered somewhere like so i think like back home social life and stuff comes first and i think yeah, like health and fitness comes like it's it goes down the list whereas over here like just say Australia, new zealand like their their fitness is always number one and socializing comes number two whereas back home like we socialize number one and then like when i was 17 like i had no interest in health and fitness but it was right down the very bottom and you know maybe you were the same maybe not but I just feel that's probably a common trend it's probably getting better now well, I still think like that. Socialising is up there number one, and our health and fitness is kind of it's it's you know it's fairly down the bottom yeah. of the list.
1: Yeah, defo. Yeah, I agree.
0: We just don't value enough to be sesh. fair.
1: We love the sash too much in Ireland.
0: <laughs> That's true, isn't it? I think it is getting yeah. it is getting a bit better. Like because I've got a lot of Irish clients who are in like over here. But yeah, the biggest thing for me is like just like female health and like female hormones. What do you think needs to what do you think needs to be like done more of like like to try promote like you know female health and that kind of stuff? Would you say?
1: I think they need to be education in the schools. Like I'd love to, I have like a list of things the length of my arm, I'm like I want to do this, I want to do that, you know. But I'd love to recreate like a school program or school seminars that younger, like if you knew how your hormones work when you're 15, like it's not that hard. What I just explained there, your Eastern, and your progesterone, mm-hmm. right? So that makes sense so at least even like you're 17 your hormones are always you're crying because your mom told you like y- your dinners in 10 minutes don't eat that chocolate biscuit and you're up in the room bawling crying right if you understood oh my god I'm getting my period tomorrow this is I mean obviously it's like that <laughs> like that would make it make it so much easier but instead like I remember being in biology and you're just learning when the ovum comes down the fallopian tube and it's so <laughs> It's so irrelevant. it's just so far from actually what's going on where you know, they could be like, girls, this is actually you know, do you know when you get your period and you feel X, y, z, and even like, yeah because you're all it's all the same. So I think you know, educate people from when they're younger, and like my big thing when I see clients are there is just teach them even like food, certain ways to support your hormones, which you can go through as well if you want today, and um they keep it up long term. It's not that hard. it's just that you have to understand it. So I think it's just like that get into cl- uh, girls when they're much younger so they can take it with them then through the rest of their life, like, you know, that way. So it's just lack of education from the young age, I think.
0: Because that's the, like, that's the baseline, like, for a for female, like, for me, anyhow, like, my clients, like, that's the baseline. There's no point in me, like, trying to help my clients, you know, lose fat, lose weight, you know, get in shape if they don't understand their cycle. And, like, especially the, the good, funny story is, like, a lot of my clients I take on, like, I'll always look back at their health forms. And I like can always is, out all their injuries. And most of my clients who have injuries, they all seem to come like on the luteal phase. And like, you know, like any luteal phase, sometimes your tend and the bones get a little bit softer. So like most of my clients come to me when they've had injuries in the gym or whether it be a home or lifting boxes, it's all tend to come from like on the week before their cycle because they were never taught that you know on the week before your cycle you kind of maybe don't be trying to do pbs or try to push your body to the max try you know calm down a small bit and it's just it's crazy like when we talk to them like how it all links together now my clients are now that they're aware of their own cycle that they're able to train the hardest you know when they feel like when when they come to the, the week before the cycle issue they're able to kind of relax and they like since my clients join me they've had no really injuries because they understand like different parts of their cycle because it for a male like we'll never understand like you know what changes here and there but as far as from a female's point of view like what does it feel like when you're like in your let's say follicular phase going to your luteal phase in terms of like strength and stress and all that and cravings and stuff
1: um you're on another level like when you're ovulating you and this thing most people do, you have to you have your hormones balanced so if you're struggling with pms and heavy periods and no sex drive off the pill that is a hormonal imbalance, like you can have too much estrogen as well, so estrogen is that real get up and go hormone, we do get too much sometimes from things like, you know, poor digestion if you're not basically pooing it out properly, you get it from your environment, you get it from certain foods, so that's what I kind of do with clients, um, which we talk about in a few minutes, but if you're someone whose hormones are balanced, you feel really good around ovulation, like your mood is better, your energy, but you even think you look better, like Mm these days I'm like, oh my hair is great today, like you feel sexier you feel just even and again sexier is not even just like you know, look it's it's the the drive it's the it's just kind of that like you know go through you're ticking off all your boxes this kind of thing so it's that kind of and even in the gym like i know so much new lift and weights like i'll always get um like my pbs around um when i'm ovulating and then it's frustrating because like in your teal phase where you get a period i'm so weak and i'm like i oh, sake <laughs> but it's just because your body is like your t- the way i describes clients in a real kind of basic way right imagine your eastern phase is you go out and it's Friday night and you want to stay until Tuesday. Like you're out a whole weekend, dancing on tables, socializing, chatting to everyone. Whereas your progesterone phase is staying in on your own in, with your pajamas, with a bottle of wine, waving everyone off on a Friday night, being like, I am so happy to not be going anywhere. So your progesterone's kind of inward. So you're kind of meant to kind of take it easy in that second half of your cycle. Don't do the hit workouts as much. Don't, you know, try and lift as much heavy weights. Say no to things you don't want to do because what PMS is, so coming up to your period, premenstrual syndrome right so again from a lad's perspective it's everything from your sore boobs your cramps your headaches the water retention, sugar cravings all these things women have to put up with but the reason you have those things is because your progesterone is low okay and the reason progesterone is usually low is from stress so that's why it's important for women as well like that second half of your cycle just to be careful of overdoing it and uh, that you're not using up your progesterone and kind of causing yourself more more PMS, which is what I explain a lot to my clients then as well. So yeah, it's funny that a lot will never understand, but you do you feel you're great. Women's are like superwomen, you really are <laughs> like superheroes. 100
0: <laughs> percent Because I was with PMS yeah, then like yeah. what's uh what do you recommend for um PMS generally like, what what do you recommend as good tips to try ease PMS? Because I know like every female is going to be different. Like, I've got I've got one female uh and Sandra and like I got her eating oranges and I got her eating kiwi foods for into bed and oranges in the morning. And like that really like made a difference for her for PMS, like it really reduced it. So what would be what would be your tips like for PMS in general to kind of try and make it less severe?
1: So first of all, you have to understand why you have it. So I said their progestion is low, so progesterone you know it's dropping too soon even like spotting before you get your period is low progesterone as well so first reason progesterone can be low is from stress so look at your stress are you doing too much hit workouts is your job really stressful are you not getting enough sleep are your blood sugars all over the place like if you're getting hangry three times a day you're triggering stress three times a day basically And mm-hmm. um, are you drinking five cups of coffee a day and you know having too much cortisol being triggered from that so you look at all the basics first and then i would use certain supplements so B vitamins are amazing like a B complex there for stress your magnesium is literally like the holy grail for PMS like 400 milligrams of magnesium every day would be amazing and um, we use herbal medicine so I'm actually training I didn't say this at the start but I'm actually training to be a herbalist at the moment like I've done nearly eight years in my nutrition clinic and what I've come to learn is nutrition is not enough on its own like my chronic clients who are so unwell who who for hormones for fertility you need herbs and herbs mm. are just on another level so a lot going on for me at the moment like i'm like i'm almost regretting me like why did i sign up for this like it's a lot of work but i think like, it'll be worth it now in the end but we do use a lot of herbal medicine you've probably heard of like ashwagandha for um hormones yeah. before or um vitex like chaseberry or agnus castus. is just kind of three different words for that so
0: that's good for um th- is that good for um underactive thyroid um Vitex the, the yeah. or oh.
1: ashwagandha is really good for ashwagandha is the one for underactive thyroid and the then
0: Vitex, Vitex
1: yeah Vitex is really good for increasing your progesterone so it literally like protects your brain almost from stress and kind of helps increase your progesterone so that's the first thing you look at when you're looking at progesterone why is it low okay am I stressed if the answer is yes what can I fix it and then maybe adding in some supplements another reason why progesterone is low is that your estrogen is too high so you're meant to be able to balance these things these two hormones out so excess estrogen looks like heavy periods clotting in your periods really sore boobs going up two dress sides before you get your period like a lot of water retention and swelling things like fibroids like all those kind of like i would say estrogen makes things grow so just feeling heavy and sluggish around your period constipation that can be too much estrogen and sometimes you have to do both sometimes you have to help manage your stress while addressing why is my estrogen high okay so basically just make it real simple the main things that puts up estrogen so like I said estrogen is made by the body but then you can get it from things like your environment so plastic is so detrimental for our hormones and cosmetics so things like with a lot of chemicals in it um like fragrances smells like as women we literally bombard our bodies with these chemicals okay and then you're looking at diet so if you're eating meat with hormones in it well that hormone is like a synthetic estrogen like so that's going to come into your system some of my clients not everyone but cows milk dairy can often cause increased estrogen as well for clients like PCOS I would see a link between that Um, and then constipation or poor gut health if you're only going to toilet once every two or three days your estrogen is only being eliminated once every two or three days. So having a healthy digestive system is literally, it's the most important thing for happy hormones. Anyone that I see, we look at gut health first, regardless if you're coming for heavy periods or acne or, I don't know, like loss of cycle, like it's always gut health first. and So I'm sure there's people listening who, you know, we love our glam, loads of fake tan, loads of perfume, drinking from a plastic bottle every day, reheating their plastic in or plastic Tupperware in the microwave, and then they are having whey protein twice a day greek yogurt they're having chocolate and cheese then they're having you know cheap bits of chicken they're having you know two chicken fillets a day and they're stressed a bit and they're not sleeping and they're having three cups of coffee and, and their hormones are all over the place but it's very simple now to understand why that's gone so wrong does that make sense yeah
0: 100 percent, yeah i think mean, like that's the big one dairy dairy seem, same as me the more i'm kind of looking into stuff with my clients dairy seems to be it triggers a lot of people like is that because of the hormones in the milk or what would that be from like why is dairy cultures of such an effect in like hormones and around your period and stuff
1: there is a protein in milk the casein in the milk and the research is oh my god it's funny so fascinating on this so Cows in Ireland, I think Australia is in this category as well. So it's Australia, Ireland, the UK, and I think it's North America. Our cows make A1 casein protein. Okay and A1 casein protein can be quite inflammatory for certain people. It's kind of like a genetic kind of thing. So what A1 casein protein looks like um, is, I always call them like snotty kids. So when you're younger, runny noses, chest infections, tonsils, ear infections, you're gonna have things like psoriasis, eczema, hay fever, sinusitis, and then period issues like heavy periods and acne. And you'll always see this run in families. So like someone's listening, I'm like, I could die of hay fever. Like I bet your Aunt Mary also has really bad asthma and. fever and your mom has really bad periods and it's like a genetic thing where you just can't break down this protein properly. and whereas you can go on to something like sheep's milk sheep's milk so i said the cow's milk is a1 sheep's milk goat's milk milk in places like portugal and germany and you know spain their milk is also a2 protein so it acts completely different in the body so it's the a1 that's inflammatory a2 is fine so my clients i just even get them to go on to feta cheese and sheep's milk yogurts and goat's milk yogurts move away from the cow's milk but it's not we're going vegan. We're just getting different types of, of dairy into their diet. And it's fascinating. Oh, my God. I'm sure people even listening have been on holidays. And they're like, my hay fever has gone on holidays. Or my, my eczema completely clears up. Or, you know, my acne goes away. Their diet hasn't changed. But they're drinking Portugal milk instead of Irish milk, you know? So that's the link between that. But it's kind of, you don't want to... I see some people, like, dairy gets the blame. And then for a lot of the time, like, dairy is not all bad. It's just you need to be aware of... Um, that kind of asks people about their family history and does the sound like you and this kind of thing. Um, lastly, I'll say about milk. There's also lactose in milk. So lactose is a sugar and lactose is kind of more the one that's linked with digestive issues. So that can be, and a lot of people can't really digest lactose. That can be a problem in itself because, you know, whey protein and all the yogurts and everything, they could be really constipated from the lactose and that's going to cause heavy periods anyway, because they're not getting rid of their Eastern property, you know? So you'd look at it from both sides, make sure that it's the lactose and the casein that you're looking at.
0: Yeah. That, that's really good as well, because that's, again, I think a lot of females don't understand that, like they get rid of them. If you're bloating really bad, sometimes it's because your estrogen is not getting out of your body. You don't need to get out of your body is by you know it. And again, I think like for a lot of people, like their fiber is quite low as well. Like, there's so much people I come across, their fiber is so low, protein is so low, especially but back home in Ireland, very we're very, like, carb-heavy, like, country. Carbs aren't bad, but, like, when I get people to have, like, you know, more fiber, more protein, like, their hair gets better, their skin improves, their nails grow faster, they're, they're not as bloated, because I think back home, like, we're just so used to, When I go to Granny's house, it's, like, 15 spuds, a can of mushy peas, okay. and, like, a bit of frozen fish from Tesco
1: yeah 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 and this other thing is well saying about fiber so there's a group of foods are called phytoestrogens and the phytoestrogens I always say think of them like the sponges that mop up your hormones and these are foods like um your flax seeds your oats are great in there but then things like chickpeas and lentils and you know your falafels and kidney beans and I laugh when I tell people this because people in Ireland are literally looking at like oh god no couldn't be eating those like you know Irish mammy dinners do not consist of hummus and chickpeas and falafels. <laughs> so it's so foreign for us like it's really hard for people to wrap their head around that now I think our generation are a little bit better like a little bit more open to it but you know even people in their 30s and 40s are like oh god I've never really had that like you know it's it's a real generational thing so that is so important because I'm like you know if you're not eating these phytoestans maybe you have I don't know porridge once a week. Like I'm like, it's like your your bath is completely overflowed, the whole, you know, bathroom is flooded and you're there a little face cloth trying to mop it up, right? That's the analogy I give to clients. Whereas if you have, say, if all these extra hormones come up from the dairy and from everything else, you need to be having those phytoestrogens. You need those big massive bath towels to come in and mop up those hormones to make sure that you're able to get rid of them properly. And the last little thing there is that I kind of the little um tip I give to clients is your green vegetables. So, your kale, your broccoli, your Brussels sprouts, your cabbage, your pak choy, all these leafy greens, I call them the bus that collects your hormones. Okay. So, if you haven't had broccoli since Sunday and today is Friday, your bus hasn't come since Sunday. How can your body get rid of hormones when your bus hasn't come? The sponges are sitting there waiting at the bus stop. They want to be removed, right? You've <laughs> eaten your hummus. So, that's a huge problem as well. We're not getting enough greens. And people go, oh, yeah, I have broccoli, you know, my Sunday roast kind of thing. So that's the last little step of how to balance your hormones is get your green veg in. I'm always like, we've been told since we're kids sitting at the dinner table to eat our greens. We just didn't know why. And this is basically why it helps with your hormones.
0: 100%. I think a lot of people get so like, they feel as boring. But I think for me, unfortunately, sometimes it consistently is what being boring is. So like a lot of people, I've got some clients who like might, Complain because they might say, "Asher, I'm sick of eating greens." But I just and they're from back home. But some people don't really realize that you know you have to be doing them things consistently. Like if you want your body to run like in the best way possible, like being consistent doing them things like is going to help, isn't it? It's not you can't just like pick and choose to have vegetables like every couple of days because it's boring. You have to kind of do it consistently. Yeah. there's a lot, but once you can understand like that, your body uses food for fuel. Just different, isn't yeah. it?
1: yeah and even with your periods i say to clients your period is your monthly report card it tells you how good or how bad you've been that that month so you could have been fabulous taking your supplements eating loads of green veg you get your period go, like, jesus i didn't even realize i got my period today that's mad but then the next month you're up the walls at work, you haven't had your green smoothies, you forgot to take your supplements, your period might not be great that month. And it's like you have to be consistent. And there's always going to be times where, especially as females, like your body's up and down. But at least you can recognize that and go, oh, OK, well, to be honest, I actually, you know, I didn't actually do this, this and this and can kind of understand well. this is why my period. So so much cramps this month or this is why my boobs are sore, whatever it is. So, yeah, you have to be consistent. But this is what we're going back to at the start get rid of that all or nothing approach. Like if someone's saying, I'm sick of eating green vegetables, well, how often are they eating them? <laughs> like I've eaten mm-hmm. them at every meal three times a day. Like I get sick of green vegetables. So it's just about, you know, maybe on a Friday, have your wine and a takeaway. Don't eat any greens on a Friday. You get up inside in the morning and have a green smoothie. And, you know, have your, it's, it's just find that balance. Me and my mom, even when I was younger, my mom always used to talk about a seesaw. And she was like, okay, like you're going for a sleepover over tonight. There's going to be loads of junk. You have to have some fruit to put on the other end of the seesaw first. And like as a child, I'm like, that made so much sense because I was like, okay, so the junk food's gone on one side, the fruit goes on one side so- the other side, and you balance it out. And that's how we were brought up. Like now I remember going mad, we'd be kids, and we'd have rock or um, pizza and chips on a Friday with a side of broccoli. And I'd be like, We're the only kids in Ireland that have to be broccoli, <laughs> like traumatized. But now I can appreciate what she was trying to do there. You know that I she's educated so much, and I've been brought up with such a balanced diet. Like even as a nutritionist, I'm so like I love my soul foods. and I love eating healthy. And it's like, I can, I'm able to balance both things together. I think that's what you try and educate people. It's not all or nothing. And even some nutritionists I find are actually quite the, the only, the real clean eating approach. It's like they learn so much and they kind of go completely off. There's no mm-hmm. gluten. There's no saturated fat. There's no meat at all. There's no caffeine. There's no sugar. Like, and I was like, there's no fun. <laughs> that's what <laughs> I would like, say, you know? So it's just, yeah, trying to find the balance basically.
0: Yes, and it's kind of like when my clients go drinking too, like I said, like, there's you don't want to grip your soul but then the next day, I say to my clients, if you're going drinking, you want to get, you know, flabbergasted, you're not going to feel very good on Sunday. You're going to feel like, like, you know, like a bit shit. So I always say, like, you have to find a balance that you know you're going to feel like shit. So rather than like, feeling like shit and having takeaways, try have the balance, try like the next day, you know, have, or even like that day on a Saturday, have like at lunchtime, have like your greens and some sort of oh, good protein. And then on Sunday, try yourself and, you know, if you can at one o'clock or like have some sort of green, some sort of vegetables, like rather than like staying in bed all day and going for takeaways. Cause it makes such a difference. Even like for alcohol, like if you're blocked up and you're not like, you know, you're not your bow's at moving, you're going to feel like shit to Monday, Tuesday, but, like all my clients once I get them in the system of like having on the ghost for on a Sunday like even though you're going to go get flabbergasted on the Sunday on the Saturday night always tell yourself like I did I'm going outside have fun I'm going to feel like shit tomorrow anyhow so why not feel shit and have greens and as soon as they have the greens and get some sort of nutritious inside them their bowels get moving they feel 10 times better than if they were in bed all day like blocked up
1: yeah no definitely yeah yeah
0: What would be your tips around like that kind of stuff? Like, I suppose, if we were to go back to like breaking up the pill, how would someone go about breaking up with the pill, just say, from your point of view?
1: Yeah, so the pill depletes nutrients. So B vitamins, zinc, and your gut health are the three most important things we need to look at. Because when you come off the pill, like zinc is a huge one in relation to acne, that... Your a lot of people's skin gets a bit oilier their testosterone surges and their skin starts breaking out and the one thing your body needs the most is your zinc I always say it's like your body watching the house burn down and there's, the zinc is the water it's not even like I can't help I've no zinc you've been on the pill for 10 years you're after depleting all my zinc stores. so we get you on zinc first zinc also is really important for your egg health so the healthier eggs that you have the better your hormones are going to be especially your progesterone so B vitamins are the other one as well b vitamins are kind of like anxiety energy and again for hormones so i get clients to take these for at least three months before coming off um, coming off the pill so it's like you know your eggs and your ovaries are full of zinc your cells are full of zinc your b vitamins are optimal your gut health is much better um, and start implementing the changes i just said there so can you reduce your dairy if you were a snotty kid grown up or if you know acne actually is linked a bit there can you start getting your green vegetables in start getting more plant-based proteins in your diet are you very stressed work on that side of things like the pill kind of masks people's lifestyle or poor lifestyle habits as well because some people come to me and they had say regular periods in they're teenagers they come off the pill and they've no period and I'm like look at your lifestyle though like you're working 12 hours you're not eating properly and it's like as if because you're on the pill they didn't realize there was a problem there whereas now they have to address it so I say to clients give yourself three months just because um you need to get in the routine. And it's not, it's not, it's not a 12 week transformation program. Like, you know, girls in, in their 30 coming off the pill, they're going to have a period for the next 20 years. Like, you know, that way. So you have to be able to keep it up long-term. So on my website, I, I think called the pill pack, I always say to clients, you don't have to buy them from me. They're just the three ones that I have in my clinics I put together, but like any probiotic, any B vitamin, any zinc will be perfect to take for the three months before coming off the pill. Um, and have a look I'm going to be doing more seminars next year on this because it's it's so my god I get messages every single day about it it's just find the time so follow my page and definitely would recommend signing up for it and you get all the information I wrote like a 30-page pdf book as well to send to clients afterwards and you know I talk to them even about things like hormone testing that like if you've come off the pill and having not a cycle within about six months, I would say you need to go get bloods done. Like, there's always a reason why you've lost your period. It's not random. And if you been told by your GP, oh, your bloods are fine, don't be worrying, and you have no period, either the wrong thing was, wasn't, was or the right thing wasn't checked, or your GP's not aware, aware of the optimal ranges for hormones. So it's really important anyone anyway, listening understands that, go back, get a second opinion, um, go on to my page. I have a blood testing highlight and it goes through what you need to ask for and just other little tips. So, literally, walk in with these and like, I need to get these checked, and that will cover everything that looks at any possible scenario of why your period is missing.
0: That's actually kind of gone off that as well. Like, I'm seeing that master too, so much because I kind of work with a girl here named Sydney, Sarah King, and I send a lot of clients to her who lose their period. And I find that a lot of people that come to me have lost their periods because they've been with some coach that has put on like a thousand calories and like, you know, so I know what, what happens, what maybe from your point of view, what happens if you were just, if you put someone thousand calories, what happens to a female cycle? Why did it lose it?
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, like it takes 75,000 calories to make a baby so i mean your body's like well we can barely survive ourselves. why in god's name would i let you get pregnant like you have to understand the reason your body ovulates is because of like yeah i'm happy let's get pregnant <laughs> No, there's other reasons obviously like i mentioned sorry you do make your own hormones but it's your body's way of saying yeah everything is the way it should be so when you don't have enough calories your body has no fuel like it's like how can it actually even like that how can it reproduce um like long-term low calorie diet you're gonna lose all lot of weight like every single hormone in your body is made from fat so if you're low, if you don't have enough fats, you make your hormones. Where is that estrogen coming from? How can you possibly make your hormones from there? And then stress in the body. You have to remember, like going back to like evolution times, like you know the way we've developed. Your body would not let you get pregnant if you're in danger so imagine your body thinks you're constantly in danger why is your stress hormones always being triggered because like that if you're always hungry and always hangry that's your body screaming at you being like can you go please eat something or if you're doing work workouts five days a week you know with that low calorie diet you're triggering extra stress so it's your body's way of protecting yourself being like no this can't happen right now like you wouldn't survive so if you've lost your period some girls think it's great they're like oh my god I haven't had my period but it's Literally, like I say, your period is like one of the vital signs of health. If you don't have a period, there's something seriously wrong in your body. Your body is literally screaming at you, probably needs to like describe how much it wants to get your attention, standing up, waving his hand, like you know, trying to be like, please look at what's going on here because I'm not happy with what you're doing, kind of thing. Um, so yeah, that's it's quite important. And the other thing that people don't realize, like, I had a girl last week and she's 36 and she's had no period for 10 years, and no one ever sat her being like, this is how important that is now she's osteoporosis so a lot of young girls don't realize that your estrogen also helps calcium absorption so fair enough 24 year old ashing might not care about you know 50 year old ashing's bone health but you will when you get there and especially if you're 36 and that's been diagnosed with you know osteoporosis so your hormones they're there for a reason and don't um don't kind of just you know put them behind i i definitely wouldn't put a photo shoot above my um my body and I've seen exactly what you're talking about Paul like the amount of girls come to me from other personal trainers and they're just in bits let alone their their, their body but their mindset them with the food you know that way and trying to put on weight and it's just awful that that's that's gone that way all for a photo shoot all for the PT to put up their before and after picture okay. you know
0: I, like, I don't I like that I see that so much like people like you know will do a photo shoot and it's just like it's crazy because obviously for, for a female, like, you know, it's, it's, it sounds like real glamour, you know, it sounds like really good that my yeah. coach is going to put me through a photo shoot, but then to get to that level, like where your are carries so low, you lose your cycle. It's just like for, so from that, I suppose, how long does it take someone to recover from that kind of, you lose your cycle, your period, like how long does it take somebody to get back like physically and mentally back to normal?
1: Oh my God. It completely depends on the person. Like, honestly, it's some of my clients taking 11 months. Some people have taken six weeks some people would taken eight six months it's just like I had a girl and she was just like I want my cycle back tell me exactly what to do and she ate 2500 calories consistently for six weeks she took the tonics they gave her she did every single day she's like I don't care what putting on weight. I want my period and she did it whereas some clients I see you know we work with them once we check in with them and they're like oh I've, I've put on you know one pound over the last four months like you know and then I go back and I'm like they need to go and talk to someone then build a relationship with food maybe a therapist like that's much deeper rooted issue so it's not like I think a mental health and kind of this hypothalamic memory which is what it's called kind of goes hand in hand together so there's no really one size it depends on the person's own mindset before they go in there's a period called no there's a book that I say called no period now what um which is very good for anyone in this position like it's it's I bought, I think it was kind of for more like practitioners, but it's, it's actually aimed more at people who have lost their period, trying to just regain it and understand why it's important to eat the calories. Like I get all my clients who with, with HA to read that. Um, so yeah, it just depends on the person, unfortunately. Like it's kind of, you know, it depends how much they're willing to jump all in and give it the rest shot.
0: Exactly. And I suppose then supposed to be funny go then. When you talk about herbs, like, so what's, what's a good herb for like general female health, for general health in, in general, what would you recommend for good herbs and how do you take them?
1: Yeah, so our clinic's a bit different. Like we have 300 herbs in our clinic and they're for different yes. things. 300 herbs, yeah. So we make <laughs> up personalized tonics. So like in one bottle, we could actually have 50 different herbs all for different things. So like, you know, we'd have herbs for ovulation support for eastern support for stress for anxiety for dry skin for constipation for headaches for vertigo whatever like literally i can make pollen a bottle Do you know that kind of way <laughs> so there's specific ones we give for hormones it just depends on when, what people have though like if you're coming to me with acne we use things like salt palmetto which is like lowering testosterone levels liver support is key here for acne so we have a herb called like berberis which is for liver or um i'm trying to think of them now in i know them all in latin <laughs> so i'm thinking about now in english what's article I'm trying to think it's gone anyway this is one one then for liver or milk thistle is another one we give um for liver support and then we have yeah. other herbs then for progesterone so like you know I mentioned chaseberry before um herbs like black cohosh you might have heard that before or um again I'm trying to think they're in in English um ladies mantles another one which is a gorgeous progestogenic herb so they're very personalized like you don't it's not just buy the spotler herbs if you PMT like they're always because everyone's reasons are different so we would give stress herbs like ashwagandha or skullcap is a lovely one as well so yeah like i would always recommend if someone's listening you need to go and see a herbalist like australia is amazing for this as well but get advice on it, don't just walk in and like because herbs we always say like they they go really well together like we rarely just give one herb on its own you know that way so that that's why we do blends of different things chaseberry is fine to give them its own but that's that's how basically herb medicine works in short uh, version
0: <laughs> and would you would you give herbs to someone who like what, what, underactive thyroid and West? like would you what would be your approach to that do you give herbs yeah. to them or do you go normal what approach do you work for PCOS and hype yeah and definitely thyroid?
1: yeah herbs yeah herbs can be amazing like for underactive thyroid we've herbs called yang tonics so they're like the same kind of things like underactive thyroid and yang deficiencies, very similar like I trained in Chinese medicine and Ayurveda medicine as well so I love I'm so science my brain is like I'm like show me how it works, science because I need to know the, the mechanism but then I understand Chinese medicine and Ayurveda medicine which is completely different it just throws science in its head and I in, integrate everything together so we've herbs called yang tonics which are specifically they're like ones for underactive thyroid and then for PCOS the herbs that we would give that one there I already mentioned salt palmetto is lowers testosterone and mint also lowers testosterone and we would give herbs for blood sugar balancing but you can have this one called gymnema there is cinnamon like there's different kind of blends we would give so when you're looking for some PCOS you're making sure liver is supported testosterone is being lowered and blood sugars are, are balanced and we would give that you could put the yang tonics for thyroid in with that as well you know and then we also look at diet and we look at other supplements like your inositol powder is very very good for um pcos and that's usually really cheap it's really effective it lowers your insulin levels your zinc is quite important there to lower testosterone so it just depends on the person but that that's why i was saying to start like with me trying to be a herbalist imagine i can give a bottle of herbs that covers every single symptom that you yeah. have and it's you it's so personalized it's you in a bottle and i know from being brought up with herbs like like i felt awful about like two weeks ago I rang my and I was like can you fit me in for a consultation tomorrow like I'm just so wrecked I think I was just in a bit of a calm down after our wedding and everything I just was absolutely dead I couldn't function without actually having adrenaline like mm. imagine I would say I was sitting here waiting to a podcast I'd jump up like a 10 to 10 and run around and be like I have to get ready I have a podcast in 10 minutes like <laughs> been scrolling for half an hour you get me I just was like my adrenaline was gone so it almost sat me down and we did a consultation and we do things like the pulse and the, the tongue diagnostics that's part of Chinese medicine and my mum took my pulse and took my tongue and made me a tonic that's different to any herbs I usually take and I feel like a different person like I came to my mum yesterday and I was like herbs are amazing I'm like like it's so amazing I'm able I will be able to give this to clients as well like you know help them feel the way we feel it's just they're there I find herb medicine's a part of the world or part of health that we kind of have missed because the Western world don't use them, but like if we mm-hmm. lived in China, they're the first protocol a lot of the time for health, you know. So hopefully the Western world will be more open to it as well. So I just went and around there about herbs, but they're <laughs> amazing. You should find a herbalist over there, so you can get yourself yeah. a little ton and see. Yeah. I was just gonna say,
0: so if I, so if I, if I personally wanted to get, you know, feel like more energy, more adrenaline, would I? If I went to a herbalist, would they be able to sort like? So if I went to a herbalist myself and say you know feeling a little bit like my energy is bad my sleep isn't great i'm in the mornings and really we sluggish would they give me some sort of a tonic to boost yeah. me up is that
1: yeah like we've amazing herbs called adaptogens so you've probably heard of ginseng for example that's one of them mm. um adaptogens work by giving you energy we need to have energy and help you relax we need to relax so that's what i've on at the moment i have a lot of adaptogens in my herbs um support your adrenals you know so if you're waking up at three o'clock in the morning you're that's your body thinking that you're stressed what's going on why is the house on fire why are we awake at this time Mm -hmm. so it's just about rebalancing the body so they're they're really good as well for supporting you as you're addressing other issues so i say to clients like if you're trying to climb up the mountain you can't get there on your own you're wrecked you're really trying to get there and i'm like i'm gonna help you get to top of the mountain and then when you're there, you can stay there yourself. You can eat the foods. Like some people are like, I know she's healthy. I just have no energy in the evenings to do my shop and to make dinner. I'm just wrecked. I'm falling asleep at seven o'clock. Now imagine I can give them more energy from using herbal medicine. Imagine they're having a better night's sleep. They wake up next day and go, God, I really got night's sleep. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go for a walk this morning. I'll stop in the supermarket on my way home. So you're just helping them be better versions of themselves. And once you get yourself well, like that you're at the top of the mountain, you may not need herbs long term. But you can stay, you know, maintain it yourself and using your supplements, using your foods, using the other tips that we give to clients. with a lot of our clients, like a lot of people come to us and they take herbs, like a teaspoon once a day we give. That's what I've been taking every day for probably, God, 10 years, if not longer. And I would say like, it's a personalized multivitamin. It's you in a, in a tonic, you know, and you can constantly change it. So in the winter, I'm always like, mom, I'm freezing cold. And you put in all the warming herbs. we in the summer, some of our clients are like, can you put that hay fever tonic back in there? Like, you know, so we can always chop and change them depending on the season and how you're feeling.
0: Yeah, I think that's so good. Like as you said, like it's kind of it's nearly frowned upon, like especially by now like people think it's very probably hippie-ish, it's not so good for you. And and the very same people tend up be in the pub every weekend having 15 points, having takeaways, kebabs. So I think it's it's very it's it is very backwards, isn't
1: it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: But if I was in before we go, then like just with PCOS, like obviously I've got a few clients with PCOS. What would be your recommendations for that? Because I know like with PCOS, you know, if you go to Google, it says that. You know, the average female needs to be on 1,200 calories. And I feel like that a lot of coaches, if they get some of PCOS, that they'll go to Google and they'll put them on like a 1,000 calories straight away. And for me personally, I've dealt with a lot of PCOS females and I've never had anyone on that low calories. It's just crazy. No. So what are your views on that?
1: Yeah, PCOS is tricky. Like, first of all, you have to get the root of the problem. What's causing their PCOS? Um, I've highlighted on this if anyone is more interested to learn a little bit more. And most of the time it is insulin resistance. So insulin... I would say insulin is like ringing the doorbell when you eat a carb and when you ring the doorbell that triggers testosterone that's the kind of idea so we try and reduce insulin resistance by maybe I always say not a no carb diet just reducing carbs some people eating carbs five days you know to five times a day so even having eggs for breakfast or smoothies or having salads instead of like sandwiches for lunchtime and talking there about the low calorie diets another thing that causes um causes PCOS and excess testosterone is inflammation right and stress can massively cause inflammation in the body so if you're again talking back to stress and you're losing your cycle and all that being a low calorie diet that in itself it's not it doesn't always work doing HIIT workouts and eat a thousand calories a day some people with PCOS don't lose weight that way because their body is on fire it's just being like stop putting so much stress on me I can't cope with this so sometimes you just come in kind of more like a gentle approach and address again where the testosterone is coming from look at the insulin give them again herbal medicine I find amazing I always give herbs for PCOS because it's herbs for stress herbs for testosterone herbs for liver and um, the noxitol powder was talking about your leafy green veg remember I saying earlier on the greens collect your hormones like absolutely key with with PCOS you have to get your greens in there and um, so yeah it's tricky but like the and, and and cow's milk and PCOS are quite linked together because cow's milk can also increase insulin So like the diet that I see sometimes like, you know, girls come to me from the personal trainer and they're on this low calorie diet, but they're having three whey protein shakes a day and yogurt and there's loads of cow's milk there and their skin is in bits. And, you know, the the, beauties can't figure out why they're not losing weight, that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, that's the approach I would look at kind of do more gentle than a real hardcore, really low calorie diet
0: amazing i suppose before i go then what'll be your what'll be your top three tips for anyone to kind of improve their hormones and, and all that stuff and their nutrition would you say
1: the one number one thing you need to do is actually manage stress and i know that for myself as well like i there's many times for example when the first lockdown came in in ireland um i got my period on day 24 of my cycle which is a low like you can get away with 25 day cycles. So the day 24 is low progesterone. It's like you're and my diet didn't change. And I was like, oh my God, I was up the walls, our clinic was closing, COVID came in, our wedding was cancelled. Like it's just, I was so stressed. And I was like, oh my God, it was such a good aha moment for me. Cause I was like, forgot how much of an impact stress actually has on your cycle. My diet hadn't changed. So even if you're the best diet in the world, if you're up the walls, like it's not gonna not gonna work. Now, in saying that, all I say to clients is I'm sure people listen to me like, I I can't quit my job. I can't give back my kids. Like, you know, it's just the way my life is. So this is where supplements come in. Like we shouldn't need supplements. We weren't designed to take supplements. Right. But we also weren't designed to live the life that we live. So. I'm like, take your magnesium every night go into bed, have your B vitamins in the morning, consider taking herbal tonics like I would take my adrenal support and the ones for progesterone and things like that. So first thing, definitely look at your stress. And if you can't reduce it, manage it. Give your body more things to kind of help control it. Um, second thing, so boring. Again, like my answer is so unsexy because that's what nutrition is. It's, it's just go back to the basics. Eat your green vegetables. Do what your mom told you back in the day, like you finish your broccoli because the more greens eat the more your bus comes the easier does your body to break down your hormones and that goes for everything that goes for you walking to work and the car goes by your petrol fumes like that's toxins in the system leafy green vegetables help with that so definitely eat your greens and my other one take your vitamin d in winter oh my god that is like life-changing as well mm. for clients like everyone not, again i'm like why is this not on bus stops like why is everyone in ireland not given like a letter in the post in october being like lads take your vitamin D so we're not all depressed for the next five months like so do you know what I mean it's just mad so like vitamin D is just key the difference like I know from myself taking vitamin D in clients over the years they are like I feel like a different person when my vitamin D levels are optimal so by far yeah your vitamin D green vegetables and um your stress so kind of boring answers but that's just that's what it is isn't it like I'd love to be like well there's this new supplement that helps with your sex drive <laughs> but like it's just not the way it is <laughs>
0: Ah, that was really good that was really good i suppose where can people find you, if you want to find josh
1: so i'm AOK nutrition on my website or on instagram
0: that's amazing no thanks for coming on that was really good like so much of the knowledge bombs there to help people
1: good thank you for having me it's great to have a chat
0: No, and we'll chat to you very soon oh, wait, no.